Hello and welcome to the Quietly Visible podcast. I'm your host, Carol Stewart, founder of The Bounding Solutions and author of Quietly Visible, leading with influence and impact as an introverted woman. This is the podcast for introverted women who want to thrive as leaders and in life. And in order to thrive as leaders and in life, it's important that we don't just focus on uh, what we're doing in our careers, um, the the doing side of things. It's important that we take a, 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 a holistic approach and also consider things like our um, health and nutrition, because if we don't take that into consideration, we, ha- we have poor health outcomes, which ultimately impacts on our performance and what it is that we're wanting to achieve. And that's why I'm so excited that um, my guest today, um, who is a um, a nutritionist with a passion for helping people make a change for life, and not just for the duration of working with her, she's obsessed with behaviour change in the brain and how we can rewire our thoughts to influence our behaviour. And her name is Angela Krukic, um, and her journey to launching the Next Level Nutrition wasn't straightforward. It took her 17 um, years after leaving school and quitting her nine to five to follow her dreams twice and she's passionate about helping people do and feel their best which is why she's launching a new business health for wealth for female entrepreneurs to boost their income through looking after themselves better and giving themselves the gift of time so hi Angela and welcome hi Carol thank you so much for that lovely introduction it's great to have you here So tell us a little bit more about you and what it is that you do. And I'm particularly interested in what you said about um, it. uh, It took you so long after leaving school and quitting your nine to five to follow your dreams twice. (laughs) Yeah, twice. (laughs) So, um, yeah, well, thanks for having me on here. So I... um, I was not particularly academic at school, quite quiet, quite shy, didn't ever really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, just started working in an office like so many people. And it was through that that I sort of, I just kind of had an interest in nutrition and I was I was fascinated. A friend of mine uh, was a personal trainer and she had said to me about, you know, how you could change your body through what you ate. And I, I, this was complete news to me. Like I'd never been brought up around diets or anything like that. So I was just kind of shocked uh, to learn this and also fascinated. So that kind of started my journey into nutrition. And uh, my team leader at the time at um, Barclays IT, she said to me, why don't you go to uni and do this as a career? And I had no idea it was even possible. So that's what I did. Uh, that was in 2004. And then I finished university. and. I, I just I had no idea how to start a business, no idea how to get like really how to do any of it. I think at the time, like now, like I feel it's, it's so good for people. They can go online, they can get so much information, join amazing groups, get so much support. But at the time, that wasn't really available. I didn't really have any idea. And I also didn't really have the confidence to ask anybody. Um, I didn't want to sound stupid. So I just went back into working in a nine to five and I did that for another and through that work, I started to get involved a little bit more in leadership, a little bit more in confidence building. And that's when I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and do a master's and I'm going to make it into a business this time. And by this point, it was like 2000 and 
15, 16. So the world had changed completely from a access and information online perspective. And I was able to find out so much more. And uh, yeah, and that's when I set up Next Level. And that was six years ago now. Wow, great story. Um, and nutrition is something that we often don't give a lot of consideration to, but it is so important. It's something that has inc- over the past, I'd say, few years, something that I'm increasingly becoming aware of how just how important important it is. And I'll just give you a, an example. I'm my one of my uncles passed away last year. He was 82, I think he was. Um, he had um, vascular dementia, which is brought about. Um, from what I understand, as a result of strokes. And so he'd had some strokes in his early 60s. Okay. Um, and I think the strokes were brought about, he, he was diabetic. Um, and his wife said that when he was first uh, diagnosed as being diabetic, she said to him, oh, I think you should change your diet. She's very, very healthy. Um, whereas he he probably not as healthy as her. But he said he, he was going to let the medication deal with it. And and that really sort of brought home to me and made me think about the link between what we eat and how that affects our bodies, which in turn affects how we are um, and how we show up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oh, that's a sad story about your uncle. And I think that so many of us have that similar almost attitude where, you know, certainly when we're younger in our teens, our 20s, even to a degree in our 30s, we don't really tune in on how what we eat affects our body. We just think, oh, it's like, you know, some of us might consider weight loss or weight gain or going to the gym and building a bit of muscle, but not really the health perspective. And I think we can really normalize the way we feel. And we don't realize that if we did make a change, then we could feel so much better. And I think that really links into certainly for business owners, how we show up in our business, how we present ourselves how much we feel like showing up online and and you know being present because with when we don't make a change to what we do and we've just been doing the same thing we've got no idea how it's impacting us until things start to go wrong and at that point it's often too late yeah and that's the thing as you said it's often um too late by then um and there's a saying there's a quote which I love which is prevention is better than cure because um, if we put things into place now, we can prevent a lot of those things that will affect us as we age as well. And, and not just in terms of how we are and our energy levels as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, the modern sort of message and a lot around nutrition is, is always focused just purely on, on our bodies and how we look and how much we weigh. And I think that's really missing the point with, you know, we should be focusing on what we're putting into our bodies from a health perspective. Are we getting enough nutrients? Are we getting enough fiber? Are we getting enough protein? Because the knock on impact of all of those things has such a huge impact on our sleep and our energy levels. And, you know, as well as anyone in life, they're such important things for us to get right because when we're low on energy and we're not sleeping properly, nothing feels as good in life and it really can be impacted by diet. Yeah. And and the thing is, uh, for women who are sort of got busy demanding roles, whether it's in, in you know, in their, uh, and as an employee leader in an organisation or a leader in their own business. Um, and then particularly if they've got additional responsibilities, such as caring for young families or caring for children or caring for elderly relatives, 
um, it, that can be something which kind of the nutrition or looking at how they're eating and what they're eating can be something that takes a, a backseat. And because it, it's just so e- so easy to grab convenience foods these days, isn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely something I see in so many people that come to work with me. That they're and it's generally women, and they're then they're pulled in so many different directions. You know, they're often running a business or, like you say, in a leadership role. So they've got a high demand on their time. And then some of them have got children, some of them have got sick parents, some of them have got both, and their own prior that their own needs just slip and slip and slip off the priority list. And it's something that I try to really communicate in my message that. It sounds a bit cliche, but it's like the, you know, the saying on the aeroplane, we need to fit our own oxygen mask first, because if you're the person who is providing and caring and doing all of those things and you don't do that for yourself, at some point you will burn out. And then what will happen to everybody else as well as yourself? And I think sometimes for women, that perspective can be really helpful because a lot of people might feel like, well, actually going to the gym or taking time to prepare healthy food that's taking time away from other things that I could be doing but actually it's the foundation of all of those other things yeah um and I'd, I'd like to explore the changes that women can make in order to sort of optimize their nutrition in order to optimize their energy levels their performance etc but before we we look at that or explore that I'd just like to um sort of touch a bit on the the connection with sort of behavior change and the brain and um how we can rewire our thoughts to influence our behavior because a lot of the behaviors around eating are yeah. sometimes deep rooted um or they stem from things which we've just done continuously for years and years and years Yeah, absolutely. And the biggest one I would say I deal with and help people overcome is the kind of treat yourself mentality. So we live in a society where, you know, fortunately for a lot of us, food is abundant and we can pick stuff up in the petrol station, in the supermarket, we can dial takeaway food. You know, we're not, we have access to a lot of food and also alcohol as well, which definitely plays a role in this we have a hard day and we just want that instant stress relief you know we want that part of the brain the logic part to just quiet and down have some relax relaxation and often the first thing that we think about because it's so easy to access is okay well I've had a hard day so I'm going to treat myself to a glass of wine I'm going to treat myself to ordering in food instead of cooking but actually it's really sort of playing that story forward to think is that a treat if that actually doesn't help you achieve your goals and that actually leads you to beating yourself up about your choices so one thing I always try and help people work through is thinking about okay where you what you do now gives you the outcome you've got now and if you want to change that we have to find reasonable achievable small kind changes that you can make for yourself and then really think like how they can play out in your life. So um, it's a concept from, have you read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear? No, I haven't, but that is one that's on one, uh, my reading list. Yeah, it's, um, and, and he talks about a concept in the book that, that we are the sum of our habits and our choices and everything we do has the potential to put a vote in the box for the person that we are today or a vote in the box for the person we want to become tomorrow. And I really love that concept to help people just in the moment, just really slow down and think about, okay, is this a, is this a vote for today, me, that 
I'm, you know, I'm here to make a change for, or is it a vote for tomorrow me, who's actually, um, when I'm thinking about the type of person who has already achieved my goals? Does that yeah. make sense? Yes, it does make sense. And and that, that and what you said about the treats, I mean, that is something that is ingrained from from a children, yeah. isn't it? And it's like you give children uh, sweets as a treat, or if they've done well, you give them sweets, and then I guess it you, you just kind of grow up associating those things with um, yeah. being good or or doing well. Um, yeah, it's quite fascinating, isn't it? And I, I wonder where that all came from. I don't know if you know, but what what where that came from that we reward good behaviour or we reward um a stressful day with having things which are not good for us yeah I I suspect if we think back a few generations to where like well probably to maybe even like pre-war generations where you might have got like you know there, there might have been a bar of chocolate for a family but you wouldn't be able to just go and pick it up every time you're filling your car up with petrol because I think we need to go back to a time where you know, that kind of food wasn't available. And it was, you know, when it first kind of became about, it probably was a real treat because it was very scarce. Like you might have pudding on a Sunday or, Mm. you know, and I think it it probably goes back to a generation that didn't have those things. So when it was available, it was a real treat. And then as the generations move forward and the the food is more available because the the original people have had that as a treat and then they it's more available so we always want to treat the people we love um, and food is a really easy way to do that yeah and I, I that's that's my sort of you know I don't have any research for that but that's where I would assume that it comes from and then as well we have like the the brain chemicals when we do have those um, hyper palatable food so that combination of fat and carbohydrate that create uh, creates a release of dopamine in the brain and our brain remembers where we get dopamine creates this little map um, and then you know we only have to walk past you know um somewhere where we can smell food and all of a sudden we want to eat it um, yeah fascinating stuff isn't it yeah it's it's so interesting and I think that the whole way that the brain works around food is really interesting. There's a book called The Hungry Brain by Dr. Stefan Gaine, and he talks about this in detail. And it's it's really if you want to know more about this stuff, I definitely recommend that book. And he talks about how in nature we get proteins, so meats and all plant-based proteins, we get carbohydrates, so bread, pasta, rice, vegetables, fruit, and we get fats like oils and butters, and we get combinations of proteins and fats so say like a sirloin steak um, and we get pro we get combinations of protein and carbohydrates so like beans and pulses but we don't really find combinations of fat and carbohydrates together in nature so when you think of those foods it's all of like deep fried pizza cookies chips crisps and that's our food our brain isn't entirely used to that food and it's designed to seek out the highest calorie per bite because we evolved in a time where food was scarce. So that kind of food is ultra appealing to the brain. And a good example is if you were full and someone offered you an apple, you'd probably say, no, thanks. I'm not that hungry. But if someone offered you a donut, you're like, oh, yeah, I could eat that. Yeah. And as you're saying it, and I'm thinking about reflecting on as you're speaking, I think, well, yeah, that all makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why Why can't our brains be... Um, uh, sort of like 
why can't we get a surge for say broccoli or um yeah. <laughs> you know other things like that that reward our brain make our brain feel rewarded <laughs> yes we need like uh, we need a software update for the modern day <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's like it's like we've gone too far the other way isn't it so so taking an example that you gave about a uh, time and those things those treats and I'll put in inverted commas treats didn't exist or were far and few between so they were literally a treat to them just becoming available uh, on tap really yeah that's it yeah and I remember hearing um or reading somewhere a few years ago like when you go to supermarkets and how they make the smell of sort of freshly baked bread sort of permeate throughout the store yeah, because then that makes you feel hungry and you want it and things like that. That's yeah, yeah, that yeah. is fascinating how the brain works with that regard. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so someone who is low on, so someone who's got a demanding role and they're low on energy, what kind of changes can they make nutritionally to be at their optimum? Oh, yeah, good question. So, I always like to work with a concept of start where you are now. Um, in terms of if you want to make a change the best way for you to make that change is to get really a good set of data on what you're doing right now so for example keeping a food diary and it doesn't have to be you know weighed out or in my fitness pal or anything like that just literally a list of everything that you eat and then start to look for like one to two changes that you could make so you might find that like some somebody because everybody's so different so what one person is doing might be the completely optimized version of what someone else would like to do but it could be you know two years ago for someone else so I always like to think let's look at what you do right now and then ultimately working up to a place where you're having protein with every meal you're having fruit or vegetables with every meal you're limiting snacking to a system that works for you because some people like to graze some people like bigger meals And I think one thing with nutrition is really trying to block out all the noise, everything you see on social media and really find the system that works for you because it's so individual for people. Yeah. And and when you you say block out the noise, there's there's just so much noise out there, isn't there? Keto diet, the carnivore diet, the yeah I don't know broccoli everyday diet. So there's there's just so much. And And I guess it can be quite confusing and overwhelming there's so much out there and I think the 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 dangerous thing or not dangerous that's probably a bit extreme but the thing with it is is now you have different diets and you have very very clever marketing you know persuasive copy and I think that's a good thing for for people who are looking at this to look at um when you're reading anything about a diet if you feel like oh my god this is the wonder diet this is the solution I have been looking for then probably recognizing actually this might be the copywriter that I want to hire (laughs) 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 because if there were I always say to people if there was one if there was a magic pill or a magic solution or a magic answer we would absolutely know what it was um, and it really is about looking at what you do now and just seeing how can you make those small changes and not letting perfection get in the way. So if you want, like I always say to people, it's absolutely fine to use like a jar of sauce. It's fine to use frozen vegetables. It's fine to use pre-prepared 
meat and people say oh well you know I look on the label and it's got 10% of added sugar or it's got these additives and it's like it might have but is that not a better choice than actually getting so overwhelmed with trying to cook from scratch every single day whilst you're being you know a a business owner a leader a mother a child a dog owner whatever and then ending up ordering in food that is inevitably going to be far too many calories for what you need and maybe you know full of other stuff that you don't even know about because it doesn't have a label feeling really sluggish having a terrible night's sleep and repeating that cycle the next day so sometimes it's thinking like what's the what's the easiest way I could eat a healthy diet? And that might not be the perfect way, but that's good enough. Yeah. Uh, and, and and another thing as well, which, you know, many women um, experience is the time. Uh, and I, I think back to say when I was a child and my mum would um, cook anything from fresh. There was, there was six kids, so it, it was a family of eight. And I think to myself, how did she do it? I mean, I only had one child and it was bad enough, but how did she do it? And she worked as well. But wow. And, and I mean, even remember those days back then when she bought chicken, it would have all the, the um, you know, it still had feathers and things on it. So I just remember her sort of singeing feathers off the chicken over the cooker. Um, whereas now everything is ready packed, ready cooked even. Yeah. Um, and so miles, there's a lot of convenience in that you can get fresh food already sort of prepared there's also a lot of um what they call super processed food as well which is easily available what are your what what are your thoughts on um, the super super processed foods yeah I think I think there's a there's a place for it you know we don't want to totally remove all of the enjoyment from life but I think it's being really mindful on how much of that food are we having versus how much are we going for our more whole foods so the, the closer you can get your food to how it has appeared on this earth so you know buying your own stuff if you can cook from scratch that's great and then you've got your sort of semi-processed stuff which you know would be things like your jars of sauce or pre-prepared salads or anything like that I think they're absolutely a great time saver and definitely better than the other options and then right down the line to like your sort of really highly processed stuff that just doesn't really resemble anything that it originally looked like and the the problem is the more you combine and process nutrients the easier they are to eat when you're not hungry so even say something like um like people say you were making your own energy balls if you were to look at sort of all of the separate individual ingredients you probably wouldn't be able to eat the whole lot of them but as soon as you whiz them up in a blender and roll them up into balls you could probably eat a lot more of them than you could of the raw ingredients so from a calorie perspective it's important to consider the more things are processed the easier they are to eat without being hungry oh that is interesting yeah yeah and something that well I I probably haven't really given a lot of thought to but when when you break it down like that um it is so yeah when you break it down it's something that I've never really thought about but I I guess it's say like say you to have a uh an apple crumble um and the ingredients so like one apple you will probably wouldn't eat say three apples in one go but when that's sort of broken down into an apple crumble, you could probably eat a whole apple crumble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
it's the combination of the fat and carbohydrates together, plus the sweetness, plus the release of dopamine. And it's all of those things that our brain is just like, yes, absolutely eat that right now, because you don't know when you're going to see that kind of food again, from an evolutionary perspective, even though we could just literally go to the shop and buy another one. Mm. So yeah. yeah, we're fighting against our brains most of the time. <laughs> yeah now that is that is very fascinating so it's that combination of fat and carbohydrates that um yeah that sort of, yeah wow that's yeah it's interesting isn't it? it's very interesting yeah and so what what sort of foods would you suggest a sort of woman with a demanding role and busy lifestyle could eat to optimize her her health and her performance and energy yes energy so I think one thing that's really important to remember is to get enough food so we live in a culture where everything is like oh you know diets and weight loss and so one thing I see in some people is because that's their focus and it's not everybody's but for some people so they'll have a tiny breakfast or maybe they'll have no breakfast at all. So that means you've got no protein in your system first thing in the morning, no carbohydrates for energy. And so you're sort of setting yourself off on the back foot and then lunch, super busy. So maybe grab a sandwich from the shop, eat it at your desk. Again, you're not really getting enough nutrients or protein, ravenous. And then that's when it can lead into um, overeating in the evening because you're not fueling your body well during the day. So I would always say, and and it depends, it's so individual for different um, needs and intolerances and diet styles in terms of whether you're plant-based or meat eater, but something like porridge in the morning, you're going to have the oats, which are a really nice, slow, sustainable release of energy. And then you want to make sure that you're adding a source of protein to that. So it could be um, adding something like Greek yogurt. It's a quite a generous portion. So you'd be aiming for around about 20 grams of protein in your breakfast. Now you would have to use Um, a bit of calculation to work that out but once you've done it once then you don't need to certainly log or track that every day you could just look at what do you need from the oats what do you need from the milk of your choice what do you need from the yogurt to get that kind of amount you could also use a protein powder stirred in um, or if you don't like it stirred in you could have a shake on the side but Mm -hmm. having that minimum of 20 grams of protein first thing in the morning is going to really balance your hunger and energy levels for the rest of the day So I would absolutely recommend that first thing. You could do something like eggs on toast, but again, you'd need to be mindful of um, maybe finding like a seeded toast. So you were getting some protein from the toast as well as the eggs. So again, just checking the amounts, making sure you're getting around 20 grams. And then hopefully you can have a breakfast that keeps you nice and full, but you may need something mid-morning. So if if you can choose something like fruit and nuts or fruit and yogurt, it's just going to really, you know, you're not going to get like a big sugar hit from that. It's just going to be nice and balanced, keep your energy levels topped up. Um, and then into lunchtime where, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a sandwich. Um, but I would maybe make sure you choose, if possible, like go for something like the chicken salad or um, egg mayo salad. Or if you were completely plant based, then you maybe want to go for something, something different. Like maybe you could make some like uh, bean patties and have that with a salad. You want to really be thinking about getting in a good source of fiber to keep you sustained for the afternoon as well as your protein there. Um, and then later on in the afternoon, depending on if you need something, there's no benefit, there's no above and beyond benefit to like small meals. That whole thing about like fueling your metabolism, 
that's just not a thing. Um, your metabolism is the speed at which your cells work in your body. It's not just the, the speed we process food. So it's just really tuning into hunger and fullness. And there's a great tool, which is just simply called the hunger and fullness guide. And you can Google that and there's loads of different variations of it, but it's a, it's a sort of a one to zero, a, a zero to 10 chart on how hungry you feel because often, especially in the course of a busy day, whether we're in an office environment, working from home or whatever, we can find ourselves looking for a snack when what we really need is a break. And I mm. think that's a really important thing to tune in on. If you feel yourself sort of standing there looking in the fridge or, you know, going to the snack area at work, ask yourself, how do I feel? And see what comes up because the answer might be actually bored, annoyed, mad at my boss, mad at my colleagues, or, you know, whatever it is. If it's not hungry, then the answer probably isn't food. No, no, that is good. That is a good um, suggestion that because I think oftentimes we eat absentmindedly, don't we? And we pick, yeah. particularly for busy, retired, restressed as yeah. well. Mm. We want yeah. a distraction. So food is the easy, instant act. Yeah. And I guess it's that's because so it's, it's distraction it's for that us. brain reward system. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Oh, this has been really interesting and fascinating stuff. I could talk to you all day. Um, So, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where's the best place for them to go? um, So, Instagram is where I hang out most. And I've got so the nutrition side of things is next level nutrition, I O M, which stands just for Isle of Man, which is where I'm from. Now, <laughs> and um, the 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 one that's more specific to um, women business owners is Health for Wealth ninety, and that's all spelt with Health for Wealth is spelt with words, and then the ninety is a number. Right. Okay. Thanks. Uh, so thank you for that. And listeners, do go and check out um, Angela. She's a, a fountain of knowledge, um, and just follow her on Instagram and yeah check out what she's doing because I think this is something which is so important um and something that we often give a lot of consideration to something which I'm more mindful about now um that oftentimes we get so caught up in the busyness of things that we don't give it due consideration so do go and check her out so thank you Angela it's been a pleasure talking to you Oh, thanks, Carol. It's been a really nice conversation. Yeah, you're right. I could just stay on here for hours. <laughs> uh, and so thank you for listening, everybody. Do check Angela out. And if you're wanting to increase your confidence, influence and impact and you haven't completed the free assessment on my website, go to AboundingSolutions.com. Um, the assessment will give you, uh, you'll get a report and it will give you some ideas about areas that you can focus on. And so until the next time, bye.